0: You're listening to The Big Show with George Rusick. 6.75 inches long, which is above average. Mm. I mean, it is pretty meaty. Mm. And Maddie Rose. Secret,
1: secret. I got a secret. And I got some local nuts notes for you as well. On Sportsnet
0: 960, The Fan. That's breaking news. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, the host of Real Kipper and Bourne on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, Nick Caprios, will join us. We'll talk about the Flames' 2-1 win last night in Montreal to wrap up their three-game Eastern Canadian road trip. Our big show, Flames Analyst, Frank Cronin in studio at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Mark Spector at 8.30, mm-hmm. and we'll play Impossible Flames Trivia. Man, we got a busy show today. Um, breaking news from the National Football League. Deshaun Watson out for the season. For the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he's going to go for shoulder surgery. Um, um, he, he said he was always more hurt than the team let on. I guess he was right. Yep. And nobody's sad for Deshaun Watson.
1: Broken bone in his throwing shoulder. Is two, that a problem? Two injuries sustained on different plays in the first half of Sunday's 33-31 win, mm. win over the Ravens. So he got Le- re-injured. He also has a high ankle sprain.
0: Oh boy! Yeah, he's n- the—he ain't healthy. That's for sure. No, so it's uh PJ Walker the rest of the way to try and get the six and three Browns, who's yeah. got a great defense and defense an offense unreal. that was turning it up here the last couple weeks. Yep, we'll see PJ Walker now. Full right.
1: recovery expected for the start of twenty twenty four.
0: Huh? Eh, too bad. Um, also, um, you got breaking news from the great cup in Hamilton. Yeah. This uh, this one's going to suck. If you're a Montreal Alouette fan, uh, oh. they're, they're notorious for their use of air horns at Molson stadium. Yes. Uh, well they're banned. You cannot bring them into Tim Thank Hortons field. God. Yeah. They are this is the worst part about hor- watching yeah. a game in Montreal. Like, well, you don't want to be sitting, sitting beside the air horn guy. Ugh. Oh, you definitely don't want to be serious. Oh, I get punched out. Or... I would. I would probably leave the. Sta- I probably wouldn't be allowed back in the stadium. <laughs> well, wow, why are you so hostile to? Pa- Patty's just getting Patty's angry today. Stadium. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I'm at, I'm going home like this weekend. The, like that senator trying to fight in <laughs> Congress. <laughs> I'm going home How this good weekend. Was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, Bernie, yeah, yeah.
1: calm down. <laughs> I need y'all to calm, calm down. down. Um.
0: I uh. I'm going home this weekend. I actually thought about going to the Grey Cup, but I'm like, nah, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> i like I can that? get I Goal can get a credential. I would love to go to this. I, I can get a credential, and I'm like I'm like nah. I'm just not going to do it. I am credentialed for this year. I got a cup. text if you were going to the Grey Cup. I'm like, are you sure? Is Maddie going to the Grey Cup? I'm like, from somebody who like I'm like I'm sure he did the application in case the stamps were there. Yeah. Is that what you did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah, and yeah, I go, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's going. No. Um, I wonder what they're going from the secondary. As soon right as they now. lost
1: to the BC Lions,
0: yeah, was it was a, shut uh, down. Shut a, it down. A, 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 yep, no more going outside in the cold. Darn it's too no. bad. It be uh, nice now, no,
1: it should be nice this weekend. Four degrees you know, on, of kickoff. Honestly, yeah, it's not bad. That, that was the best it, way for that season to end. It won't
0: be a skating rink like it was in Edmonton a few years. Sure, ago. will not be. Um, Flames with a two-one win last night over the Habs in Montreal, thanks to Jacob Markstrom, just sparkling. In goal for the Calgary Flames. One one and one on this Eastern Canadian road trip. And uh the power play has been an issue uh so far this season. What did I say at the beginning of the year? Gotta be a top 12 power play uh to potentially be a playoff team. Uh the Calgary Flames right now, without looking, gentlemen, where do the Calgary Flames rank in power play? Patrick? Thirtieth. Maddie, Uh 24. GVP. 28. 26th Mm. in the NHL. Split the diff, GVP. Let's go. Operating at just 14%. But here's the thing we're not talking enough about because it's not the sexiest thing in the world. Their PK has been terrific all season. Fourth best in the NHL at 88%. Like, if there's one thing fans would say, like, the Calgary Flames are going to be top five in the NHL in something... Power play is really low on that list because it's not really the, the sexiest thing to do, mm-hmm. but you got to give credit where credit's due, and a lot of that's in goaltending, and Jacob Marks from save percentage now above 900, and again, his numbers didn't really show the eye test so far this season, how good he's been, and now his numbers are starting to catch up with how good he's been this season, but it's not the sexiest thing to talk about. It's not the coolest thing. Oh, you know, look at the penalty kill. Well, oh, by the way, the the 2-0 and o on the penalty kill last night with Lindholm and Coleman, and Coleman just blows it over the net.
1: Come on, man. I, you got to score that. I, I know what he was trying. I don't know. 2-0. I, I, I don't know how much you missed by. He was trying to put it oh, okay. right in the corner.
0: Yeah. There, but, yeah but a yeah, 2 on you 0 shorthanded? Yeah, I know. I, it it was not ideal. But again, this is something that I think credit where credit's due, the Flames PK has been exceptional this season. At times, it feels like a power kill. There's
1: probably one power play a game where it feels like the best chance maybe goes to, I was going to say the Flames, but it's typically Backlund or Lindholm. It's usually one of those two that gets said chance. Yeah, I think that those two being your top penalty killers is a big reason. They're elite when it comes to it. Both of them, just the way that they can predict what the opposition is going to do and how they always manage to find themselves in the right places for not only blocks, but deflecting passes. And they are so consistent with getting the clear when they have the opportunity. Then you have Chris Tanev, who, you know, one of the better penalty killers in the league. He had one instance yesterday where he didn't get the clear on the penalty kill where Markstrom had lost his stick. He had one where he had uh, just a little bit of a misfire. But apart from that, he's always very solid and he blocks a ton of shots. I think you got Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin who really understand each other well. The penalty kill's always been good since Ryan Huska really got yeah. up to the NHL bench and continues to be. Like, And you you brought up a great point too. One of the biggest things with the penalty kill is your goalie has to be good. And despite the numbers not being great because the team in front of him hasn't always been great, Markstrom's had a much better year than last year
0: without a doubt. And that's got to be one of the main reasons that your penalty kill is as good as it's been. Well, there's another thing. I don't think there's any question he's been their best player this season.
1: No, I would not argue with you for a moment.
0: Also, uh, real quick on penalty kills around the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, no surprise here, the Boston Bruins, number one. They're with their just stifling Boston Bruins type defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're operating at 91.2%. Dallas Stars second best in the NHL at 902 again. Jake Ottinger, not a big surprise. Who do you think three is? Did you see it? Don't look. I saw it, but I okay, won't say Maddie. It. Who's the third best PK in the NHL? Um,
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a team that has had some early season success. Okay, who did, who did you say the other one was? It's Boston, no. Dallas, and Calgary's
0: your top three of the top four. Yeah. So who's Boston, third? Dallas, Calgary? I'm gonna go Anaheim. Okay, Anaheim, GVP without looking. Uh New York, Columbus. Columbus. Oh. Lumbus, 89.4% on the PK. Lumbus. Hmm.
1: One of the keys there, too, is they're not taking a lot of penalties. Like, you go and you look at the Ducks, 80%, yeah, it's not bad. But the problem is they've been shorthanded almost 70
0: times this year. They take uh, a lot more penalties than any other group. Uh, I want to talk more about the Flames, and I want to talk about Connor airing in one second. Mm-hmm. But real quick, this is uh, who do you think has the worst power play right now in the National Hockey League? Um, I bad teams. Uh, San Jose, they don't okay. score
1: any goals. San Jose, Patrick. Yeah, I'll say San Jose. GVP. I I don't think it is San Jose, but uh, I'm just gonna hop
0: on board with that. I'm uh San say. Jose, twenty fourth. Oh, the Washington Capitals are dead last in power play in that's, the National Hockey League. That's mm. a team that has been a wagon on the power play for years and years and years dead last operating at just 7.3% on the season.
1: Well, when we saw Alex Ovechkin, he got teed up for a couple of one-timers and he missed yeah. the net on both of them. So I wonder if that is a an effect of the grade eight starting to show a little bit of age, you know, not not drop off a cliff type of stuff, but that would be a big reason for me. Getting John Carlson back, you thought it would turn their power play around, but yeah. obviously uh, it hasn't been the case. And losing Nick Backstrom may be a factor as well.
0: Um, Connor's area, uh, continues, uh, to be, uh, a very nice surprise for the Calgary flames, a guy that they essentially told them in camp, you know, you're not going to make the team straight at the camp, but you know, you're going to get the call up soon, be ready to be a contributor to the Calgary flames. And it's getting to the point now where this guy's not going back down anytime soon. Um, six games played with the flames, three goals, three assists, six points. He's a plus two has two penalty minutes. He's been terrific for the Calgary Flames, I know it's super early and it and it's good to get excited. I know Derek used the word phenom last night in the post pre- game, in the post-game, like <laughs> slow down. And even he caught himself. It's like, all right, let's <laughs> dial it back a little bit. Like, I know it's super fun. But what do you think the ceiling is for Connor Zeri? Like, what's the ceiling? What are you seeing right now? Because he's a guy, and you know what I like about him too? He's a skilled player that likes to get in the, quote, dirty areas. Mm-hmm. He I like that about Conor Zeri, uh, he's got some nice speed on him. There's some confidence going right now. What do you think the ceiling for a guy like Conor Zeri is? He feels like the type of player that's kind of similar.
1: Like if I had to put the role in a in a basket, yep. similar to what Andrew Mangiapane does off on the wings, speed, uh, gets around the net, annoys the opposition, except I would say that Conor Zeri does all that at first-round pedigree. You know, he's significantly younger, and, and I you could almost argue that he's doing similar to what Manjapani can do now mm-hmm. at this point in his career. So I think that he's a guy that definitely could be kind of a 20-25 a perennial type of goal scorer, get the points up, you know, 65, 70 points. I, I think that's very much in range here for the next couple of seasons for Zari. It depends on what the role ends up being for him, but one of the things here that's been good is he's found a match with Nazim Kadri. Godger's going to be here for a while. So we if think. if you can make that work yep. going forward, that's a great place to be. Impossible has been a nice little add on the right side there too, but like you you talk about both those guys, they both the team had to call some send someone down to the Wranglers recently. They sent down Dryden Hunt. Walker Dewar has been a healthy scratch while both those two have continued to not only play, but go up the lineup and get more and more ice time and responsibility with each game. This is exactly what you want to see if you're the Flames. Now, the only thing here is that, you know, Matt Coronado was up to start and Zary was down to, you know, could that have been swapped off the top? Yeah, oh, I got no problem. He was great yesterday. Watching him in the AHL has been a lot of fun, by the way. If you want to see what Matt
0: Coronado can do with the puck, go watch him now because he is ripping that just reds. Yeah, which is great because it gets his confidence up when he comes back here because I think that was the issue here. Before he got sent down, confidence was really low, and I don't know
1: how much we're going to see of him in the NHL this year. If I'm being honest, I think he's going to probably he might stick down there for a little while because I don't know who you send down
0: to well, call him up right now, and, and especially the way this season potentially could go with all the trades this team's going to make. That would He'll that's probably kind of find his way yes. back to the big team. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is
1: as some bodies start to move up, maybe. But I don't know if they're going to be in a rush to recall him to the NHL just to have him in the NHL. Yeah. Especially because that Wranglers team is really good. Yeah. And he's their best offensive player right now.
0: Um, you mentioned, it's funny you mentioned Andrew Manjapani, And I was thinking about this this morning on the way in um, when it pertains to Connor Zeri. I think Connor Zeri can be a better player than Andrew Mangi- and that's I That's what I mean. And it's only six games into his NHL career. Well, he should be a better player but, than Andrew But that's man. what I mean. He's a first-round pick. I get it. But he's a guy that I just see it in Connor Zeri that he potentially could be a good top six forward here for the Flames for years and years. A guy who can score you probably about 25 goals, maybe mm-hmm. even hit the 30-goal mark. Yeah. A guy who creates things and gets into the dirty areas. He, I, just, I just feel like these are just pieces, if you're a Flames fan that will nicely mature when this team moves in to the new building. And to me, that's that's what this rebuild and retool is to me. Yeah, it might be really rough times in this city for the next two or three years if things really go south here for the team and they kind of strip it down and trade their half of their blue line and Elias Lindholm and things will get really rough here. But to me, it's get these picks, get these prospects. So when you move into that brand spanking, shiny new arena, you have a young, exciting team that the fans can go watch. Maybe bite the bullet. If you're ownership and, and you're the team, you bite the bullet. You're not going to sell that many tickets here in the next couple of years because the team isn't going to be that good. It's just going to be a lot of young players. But when you move into that new barn, you have a nice, young, exciting team. That's essentially my long view here for the Flames in the next three or four years as that new barn's constructed. You can reconstruct your roster while you're building a new barn and then have a nice, young, exciting team when you move into that rink. Obviously, uh, the fans will come in droves when there is a new barn because people want to be there. They want to be a part of it. This city deserves a new arena. It needs a new arena. But if you put a nice, young, exciting team with guys like Connor Zeri and Matt Coronado, who knows what Hansak's going to look like. Maybe Jacob Peltier. You have a Poirier, maybe all these young guys that mm-hmm. potentially could be a part of this team. And I think that's what maybe if I was, you know, king of the flames running the flames, which is weird to say king of the flames, mm. that that's what I would be gearing towards. Having a nice, young, exciting team heading into a new arena led by guys like Connor Zeri and Matt Coronado.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's the idea. Like, I, I think that with the way that this year is gone. I would be very surprised if, here's the thing, it, and it's not just how the year has gone to start here in Calgary. It's how the year has gone to start in Arizona. It's how the year has gone to start in Anaheim. It's yep. how the year has gone to start in a lot of these places that have younger players that are starting to take their step. Buffalo's another one that I would look
0: at, although their start hasn't been oh, by stellar the way, per se. Thompson's going to be a long-term. Is he? Yeah, you didn't hear that yeah. last night? No. Yeah, he got hurt. Don Granado said he's a long-term.
1: That's not a very good start to his season, anyways. No, no, but that's bad. That's bad news for the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah. My point being, yes. Right now, we are seeing a lot more younger players, and I don't think it is crazy that Oh Zari and still get in the lineup, and all of a sudden they're having a lot of success. Even though you would watch them in practice and say they're not better than some of these other guys out there, but they have that, they have that
0: hunger still. Every time they hit the ice. That you just don't see in some of these yeah. veterans. Yeah, I like Pospisil and I like his enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But, like, the ceiling, obviously, just based on. He's work. a middle
1: sixer at best, bo- yeah. probably a bottom sixer more or less. But. He's like a fourth-round pick. You Go. get him to play on your third p- third line? Yeah. He's got a little bit of offensive uh, flash to him that we've seen. He's, Where's the dark he,
0: visor? He's got a little bit of snarl to his game, we too, got a that we head. haven't
1: necessarily seen.
0: I want to get your opinion on this real quick before we okay. get to breaking Nick Caprios. Mm-hmm. Connor Zeri similar to Rust on the Penguins. If Connor Zeri turned into Brian Rust, I'd be happy with that if you're a Flames fan. I think he's better than Brian Rust. <sighs> okay. Well, Brian Russ uh, is kind of similar he to he can well not right now but he could be better no yeah Russ. yeah I mean, yeah. I think he yeah. will be better okay than not a bad see. comparison what, what Brian Russ Brian best. Russ is a very underrated player for the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah he's also played with Gino but he's also playing with two like future so,
1: like, slam dunk Hall of Famers who like, are getting their numbers off retired. top of your head most points that Brian Russ has ever had in a season
0: uh, 65 nope
1: Most goals he's ever had in a season. Guess. 25. 27 goals, 58 points. Those are his career Uh, highs. I'm close. He's had four 20-goal seasons, and he's had two 50-point seasons. You want him to be a lot better than Brian Rust.
0: Yeah. Um, Brian Rust
1: has been a great playoff performer for the Penguins. Well, that would be good for the Flames.
0: That would be great. Uh, Nick Kiprios is the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. He'll join us straight ahead. Want to get his opinion. Do Leaf fans really think Nikita Zadorov is some sort of savior? Mm. Do they honestly think about that? Like they they think Nikita Zadorov is going to help their blue line significantly? Because if they are, that's hilarious. I like Big Z, but man, you ready to jump on the roller coaster? We'll talk to Nick Kiprios next, eight o'clock. Our Big Show Flames analyst Brent Cron in studio, and he'll also he's also bringing a, maybe it's written on some parchment paper, a scroll on his hand. I don't know. But people have been asking, what is Brent Cron's top 10 goalies in the NHL list? He'll have that. And Maddie has his list, too. Yes. We'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll play Impossible Flames Trivia. We'll talk to Mark Spector. It's all straight ahead. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Our Big Show Flames analyst former first round draft pick Brent Cron in studio. Uh, He'll break down the flames game last night. And uh, people have also been asking, Hey, uh, you keep talking about top 10 goalies in the NHL. Well, where's your list? He's going to bring a list with him, And Maddie's already compiled his list. Almost. Of the top 10 goalies in the NHL
1: tuning it. Okay. I'm
0: finding the bottom of the list to be the hardest part uh and uh, got,
1: i'm gonna have some honorary mentions i think okay. i'm gonna have to get into there but
0: uh and mark Spector covers the oilers for Sportsnet at 8 30 we'll play impossible flames trivia too but right now he is the host of real kipper and born on the Sportsnet radio and television uh, network he is a stanley cup champion on the atlas pizza in sports Bar guest online always fun to talk to our pal nick kiprios kipper how are you
2: I'm good, George. How are you, Matt? We're great.
0: Thanks for jumping on. Uh, my buddy Sam McKee's a real television star now, right? I got to say he is.
2: Yeah, I got to make sure that uh, I have to, uh, you know, grease the doors before <laughs> our show so his head can get in through. Uh, did you so. know he's from Owen Sound?
0: I'm just kidding. He, uh, uh, he loves Owen no sound. I, yeah.
2: I, on occasion, he does mention <laughs> something about a junior team there. Yeah. Uh, mm. But I I don't know if they still exist or not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Best fries in the O. Apparently, you know, no one sound. Um. Nick. Oh yeah. I want I wanted to ask you. Uh, Connor McDavid didn't know anything about Chris Knobloch being hired as a head coach, right? He was just as surprised as the rest of us were.
2: Uh. Yes. And I I oh. I, I do believe that. Really. Um, I do, yes, I do do. Would, would they have would they have been in constant contact with him throughout this whole ordeal on what's wrong with our team and what needs to be done or fixed and, and that and have that input? Yes, to go and, and, and tell him now that uh, you know uh, we're thinking about getting your junior coach, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't believe that that happened for one second.
0: You think there's no chance that they're like, hey, we're thinking about hiring this guy? What do you think? Because don't organizations kind of want the input of their superstar player and who potentially could be Uh, the next coach?
2: I do, but I I think there's a fine line. Mm. And I I do believe that, that there's some guys like Connor McDavid or stars in the past. I don't care what era you have. There's just a fine line between... Where am I as a player, and where am I as uh, making decisions that others are being paid to do, and then having it come back in your face? And make no mistake about it: is that you know, regardless of Connor McDavid actually being involved in the in the coaching change, he's going to get accused anyways. He's already linked to it. You can tell the frustration that he has, and it's it's not a good thing. For, for Connor Mcdavid, regardless of of where he really stood in all of this because it's guilty by association. and he's 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 gone through it this week already. He doesn't like it. and if it's taught him anything moving forward, it's players play, coaches coach, mm. managers manage and uh, make decisions on on that sort of stuff, not me.
0: Um, Jeff Jackson, probably Daryl Cates, maybe Ken Holland to a lesser extent, although he's going to be out soon anyway, uh, heading into retirement. How gigantic is that elephant in the room when it comes to the contract of Leon Drysaddle here starting July one?
2: Well, I, I, I gotta think everything that's been done up until this point has, uh, a domino effect to making sure that, uh, Leon, uh, wants to stay past the following year and McDavid after that. So, yeah, it, 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 it's all linked. All you have to do is connect the dots here a little bit on, on where it's, uh, it, it's headed. But, you know, regardless of a, a junior coach coming in or your agent coming in, uh, the, the, the common denominator in all of this is we have to win. We have to win. The, I stay if we win. And if we lose and I see no light at the end of the tunnel, I leave. That's it for both those guys. They're they're in that small window of the prime of their careers. They cannot waste one minute of thinking that they have to retool or rebuild in Edmonton to give me another chance of winning my first Stanley Cup. It has to be here and now. And if they can't do it and they can't show it, uh, then those guys will... Seriously, contemplate leaving.
0: Um Nick, I, I was thinking about this last night about Connor McDavid, and I think he's he's cursed with his greatness. And here's why: even though the NHL salary cap allegedly is going up, I, we all think let's let's play that hypothetical game, Nick, where Connor McDavid hits free agency. He's going to make the absolute most money he can against the salary cap, and it's essentially where he wants to go. But teams would have to move out so many contracts and so many players just to fit Connor McDavid into their salary cap. And then he's essentially in the same situation that he is in Edmonton, where there isn't enough good pieces around him to potentially win. Like, I, I just don't know how that works out. Like, I, I just don't see him going anywhere else but Edmonton. And they just try to make it work around him because how? To, even if you trade Connor McDavid, you can never win a Connor McDavid trade. Yeah. I feel like he is such. He is such the the unicorn in the NHL that he can't go to free agency because the team he goes to probably won't be a Stanley Cup contender because of the amount of money he's going to make. And then Edmonton, they can't build the pieces around him. I I just don't know where you go, and it it must be super frustrating for the best player on the planet.
2: Yeah. uh, You know what, guys? That's not a Connor McDavid problem. That's a league-wide problem. That's a great point. This is just... Uh, the makeup of the salary cap and you know teams and and fans are excited that the cap is going to go up in the next few years well it it's just going up so you can pay Connor McDavid more money or Austin Matthews more money or Michael Neenlander more money they're going to take it because they're the faces and they are the uh the, the you know the 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 franchise type of uh salesman to your season ticket holder and it's not your seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred thousand dollar player, so uh, there's there's such a fine line now because in the past it has been portrayed as to Connor or all the rest of them, hey guys, you got to leave more so we can go, uh, you know, build a great team around you and we can get better players and you know we're going to win cups so leave money on the table but what's happening to a lot of these guys is is they're they're watching their teams and their managers take the money that they may leave them on the table and they're pissing it away yes and it's like why am I leaving you my money so you can go get better <laughs> players when you don't go get better <laughs> players and then you waste the money like in theory connor mcdavid even when he signed his last deal left money on the table i don't know if you remember but he gave them back i think half a million bucks Mm -hmm. he gave them back uh uh, here take it back and now he's watching his money in bakersfield (laughs) wearing pads every night (laughs) like and it's like okay (laughs) if if that's the way it's gonna be then just Pay me what I'm really worth here. And that's that's the dilemma that these stars have moving forward here is that there's no guarantee that these geniuses uh will will take the money and, and spend it wisely.
1: The Colorado Avalanche have Nathan McKinnon and Mika Rantanen paid almost a million dollars more than Drysaddle and McDavid combined. And that roster is incredibly better because they didn't make the same mistakes with Darnell Nurse and Jack Campbell. I think it just kind of comes down to that type of thing with this team. Uh, I did want to ask you, what do you know about Chris Knobloch uh, coached in the O coached in the A and is he the right fit for the Oilers team?
2: I, I think only time will tell. Yeah. There's just no way you can you can definitely definitively say that he's he's a great fit in, in many ways. It's kind of a mirror image of a Jay Woodcroft, an up and coming progressive guy, uh forward thinker, uh, great communicator. Uh, you know, I mean, guy Mark Mark Spector made him cry, first of all, uh on his first day at work. <laughs> So he he, <laughs> he fires coaches in his articles. Oh he makes them cry during press conferences. I mean, coaches do not want to talk to Mark Spector anymore. Uh, but I'll, I'll, And he joined us at 8.30. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Great tease, Nick. Well done. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm lining him up well for you. Thank you. So he's he's got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's just no way of, of truly understanding how mm-hmm. this is going to work out. And then there's the Paul coffee factor. Sure. I, I don't know if we've ever seen an assistant coach come in with that type of profile in, in, in that particular market, uh, and, and the build up. And I, I, I know Paul coffee well enough to tell you that he's back there, not for ego, uh, not, necessarily to 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 add another stanley cup to his mantle uh he's not there for the money he's fame all all of it he's just there because he thinks that he can help this team achieve their goals and and bring back you know a stanley cup to the community it's for everybody else it's not for him at all but in saying that he has a larger than life persona and you know where's that fit in in the style of uh, Chris Knobloch, Uh, because he's not going to be a, a a rant guy. He's not going to come in with an iron fist and 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 rattle the cages here. He's just he's going to go about his business. He's going to build trust, and he's going to try to have guys believe in in what he's selling. So it's really anyone's guess on how quickly they can they can turn this around. They got a couple of wins now. It seems like Skinner has kind of settled down in the net. They've got a long way to go, but at least they're coming off uh, uh, a couple of wins. And more importantly, that first one for Chris the other night.
1: As for the Flames, uh, came through Eastern Canada, your neck of the woods, and uh, a little bit of a maelstrom kind of whipped up in Toronto with Nikita Zadorov. Do you buy into the comment that one player told Nikita, apparently on the ice, you are exactly what our team needs?
2: You buy into that well if 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 we do buy into that isn't that tampering isn't that uh uh circumventing <laughs> the, it... the, the the CBA are you allowed to uh recruit on the, on the ice? ice with I've... another player with a contract <laughs> i <laughs> I, mean, I don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know i mean wouldn't you want to investigate that if you're the league <laughs> How do you investigate okay. that? Also, I think I think it's okay if
0: players do it. It's not like Keith during the TV timeouts It's like,
2: hey Nikita, come play with us. Or like, <laughs> well, first of all, Brad's if, bumping if you, into him yeah. in the
1: hallway. Yeah.
2: If oh. you, if you go if you go on Instagram, everything's mic'd. Did you ever notice yeah. like conversations yeah. everywhere at any point could be mic'd? I mean. If if you are a player that said that, uh, that would be interesting if it actually got picked up anywhere. But you know, I, I just I, I don't really truly understand this the strategic aspect of Zdorov, uh and uh, his agent uh, Dan Milstein. And and I, I know we we've known uh, Dan as an agent. Uh, he's he's not a stupid guy. I mean, uh, there there's purpose to taking his client in the biggest market. Uh, you know, with the biggest media drive, and strategically releasing this information uh, um, with a team that is in dire need of depth on the blue line, but will it work? That's my only question to you. Can you pressure Craig Conroy? Can you can you pressure uh, the Calgary Flames to to do something that they might not be ready to do just to, as as of yet? And it's again, I I don't think you have to publicly put out that that there's a a a trade request when you know that where this is heading and and you're in ufa that you will be traded it's just a matter of when so I, i don't know if it speeds up the process or not we'll have to wait and see
1: what is the how much does he improve that blue line does he become their third best defender their second best defender where does he slot in
2: well, he, he, he slots in, I think, uh, as, uh, first of all, a, a physical presence, we know he's a big man and, you know, on occasion he can lay out a, a pretty impressive hit and that alone puts him in the top four on a, on a championship team. I probably have him, you know, for four five or six, uh, in a perfect world, I'd have him as a third pair guy. Uh, if you want to know, uh, whether where where other teams value him I can tell you that you know when when teams are calling Calgary he's not the first name that they're asking for I can assure you that and if they are I don't think they're talking a, a first rounder to get him so that kind of tells you I think where other teams uh, think of him and value him and he he can be a valuable asset no question about it but right now it doesn't appear like uh you know it's it's going to cost any team uh a first rounder as of today
1: do you think other teams are more interested in hannifin or tanev given that i think the assumption would be the the price for hannifin would be much larger than chris tanev
2: no question about that yeah and uh you also have to factor in hannifin still fairly young uh and looking at uh you know, uh, prime years in the next six, seven, uh, or eight at his age. So that puts him up a notch, uh, a big notch over Zadoroff. And and Hannafin, uh, depending if you're looking at a sign and trade or a rental, uh, could still fetch you a first rounder. Uh, I don't think teams are willing to or prepared to pay much more if they think they're renting Hannafin for the rest of the year. And Tanov would probably come in as a little older and uh, a guy that has uh, great analytics, still uh, puts up good numbers as a, as a, as a shutdown guy, as a guy that can give you 20 plus minutes. There's more wear and tear. He can get hurt uh, a lot quicker, it seems, than other D. Uh, I don't know if teams would be prepared to, to give up a first or second rounder for him as well, but uh, you know, once you start getting in the the stretch and teams uh, are establishing that they're going for it, then the price tends to go up around the trade deadline. So we'll have to wait and see how, how that plays out as well.
1: With Hannafin, with Lindholm, with Tanev, with Zadorov, none of them are making more than $5 million. How much of a power broker can the Flames be going into the trade deadline if they want to hold on to all these guys, just knowing that, not only do they have a whole bunch of quality ufas playoff teams would want their cap hits are relatively palatable especially if the flames decide that they can retain
2: oh listen it's huge absolutely huge uh in in terms of being able to restructure the calgary flames moving forward with all these assets and again you know i'm 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 in toronto right now and they're all sitting there going yeah give up uh you know uh Nick Robertson for, for Zadoroff or, you know, give him a, a, a third-round pick. And it's like, no, that uh, Leafs are in cap hell, okay? They need money out to bring money in. And if if Calgary's going to retain any of the Leafs' uh, money to give them that edge to bring in a, a Tanev or a Zdoroff or a Hannafin, then it's going to cost you big time. Uh, Patrick Marleau was at the end of his career here in Toronto, and they had to dump his salary, and uh, were able to get a first-round pick that turned into Seth Jarvis from Carolina. <laughs> not, <laughs> and, bad. Yeah, hmm. not bad, eh? not yeah, bad. Now, not, not bad, Hey, Not bad. Now I'm not saying man. that uh, that uh, you know all of these guys were will be able to flip you over a, uh, an additional thirteenth uh, overall pick. But there's tremendous value in parking money uh, in your organization and and Calgary will have that flexibility.
0: Nick, what's the rest of the league viewing Jonathan Huberto as right now?
2: Oh, listen. as players, you know, sometimes you can look at someone's misery and you know depending on how much you like or hate a guy, you know, you could uh, have your feelings. But at the end of the day, guys, uh, every player goes. Hey, listen, that could be me tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, there's there's such frustration in his game and the body language. Watching him on the bench, stare at his stick, like it's kind of <laughs> sad to be honest <laughs> with you. And I, I I think as a, as an ex player and and maybe some of the guys around the league are sitting there going, hey, don't as as much as you think it's great making ten and a half million dollars. Think about the guy. Uh, now not performing for that and walking around town or, you know, answering to the media every night and, and having people think that you're stealing money. It's not a great feeling. And I would think that there'd be some sympathy a little bit for Jonathan Huberto, who who desperately wants to deliver, but, you know, doesn't doesn't have what it takes to do that right now. So it's up to Calgary now to manage that and manage the fact that he isn't producing. I don't even think he was credited with a shot last night in Montreal. Nope. I mean, you're you're just going to have to find a way to, um, you know, alleviate some of that pressure. Is that moving them down to the third or fourth line? Is it to giving them a night off here and there in the press box? Uh, there's not much you can do. Uh, there's not a lot of teams willing to come in and help you on that unless you're going to eat a ton of it and uh, and also – add a sweetener so uh they're they're just gonna have to find ways to 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 back off that pressure a little bit and and lower the expectations
0: Nick is is there such a thing as a phantom IL stint in the NHL we see it in baseball all the time when a pitcher's struggling they're like yeah you got you know arm soreness you're gonna miss your next couple starts here just to kind of reset and uh refresh a week off with a tummy ache type of thing like you, you think that that's something that we, would the Flames even approach, would even Ryan Huska approach, John and going and go, listen, uh, how about you just take a night off? You kind of reset here. Yeah. We'll just say you're sick or you're hurt. Just t- take one night off. Because right now, y- you're right. The confidence has to be at zero for this guy. He just looks like a shell of himself. Does that happen? Have yeah. you seen guys even in your playing career that that they go to him and go, listen, just take one night off and we'll just say you're hurt or sick?
2: So you're talking about, uh, the difference between playing and Lou Lamarello's uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, Robita yeah, Island, yeah. I'm not right? saying Robida
0: Island. I'm not saying. Some, I'm not saying some, throw. I'm some, not saying send him to Robida Island. No, no, no. I'm just saying like <laughs> one game. Go, hey, you know you're sick tonight. Hubie. Right? just take a night off. Does that happen in the NHL?
2: Yeah. So you're you're talking about like a, a small little pit stop. Uh, yes. uh, on the way to Robida Island. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The connecting um, flight.
2: Yeah. Yeah, listen, uh, you, you you don't have to, to be honest with you. Like, if you're talking about uh, taking a night off or two, uh, you don't have to go to that extreme. And, you know, they're not stupid people in Calgary, the fan base, the season ticket holder, the media, us, anywhere that's watching this. And then all of a sudden he's he comes up with a an excuse, a a back, a a knee. Listen, if you need to give the guy a day off or a night off, give it to him. No one's going to say anything. No one's going to say boo. You really run the risk of the integrity of, of the game, the sport, Uh, Huberto's reputation, uh, you know, just man up. And and you don't need those injuries, George. You don't need to Hmm. have those little white lies. There's insurance companies. There's wear and tear at the end of your career. There's all of that 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 has to come in play. And it has to be on the up and up or as best you can as an organization. So I I wouldn't play that type of game in this scenario. You know, deep down, players will always – have to make decisions on their career uh and 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 decide when's enough and and you probably most often than not we don't even see or hear players retire anymore it does truly come into play the wear and tear on your body and if you hear you know matt murray for example in in toronto um you know he, he he chose to go have a hip surgery now. There's some people that believe he could have played through it, but he's like, if, if I'm 60 or 70 percent there, it's my decision to do it now. He chose to. It also enabled him to probably make two or three million more dollars because of it, because the Leafs weren't forced to buy him out. Those are decisions that uh, will come down the line, and uh, and they're more legit at that point than than mm. what you're talking about today with Jonathan Huberto.
0: Uh, real quick, Nick, uh, before we go, just want to throw this number at you. Huberto has around 640 games left on his Flames contract.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of games. <laughs> a lot of games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're just going to have to either uh, wait it out a little bit or, or hopefully uh, find a way to get him back uh, to be the, the player that you, you thought you had when you signed him. Those are your two choices.
0: Yep, uh, not, nothing much uh, in between. Um, Tree signed him. Yeah, Brad Tree Living signed him. Uh, not Croy Conroy, but whatever. Uh, that's fine. Um, Nick Kiprios, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, Stanley Cup champion Kipper, always a pleasure, pal.
2: Thanks for this. Have a great day, everyone.
0: There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, guest hotline. Flames analyst for the big show, Brent Crom, the chronologist in studio next. Sports at 960 the fan